1: Welcome back to the show. Today we have Georgie Speakman. She's the founder and managing director at Outlier. Georgie, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, babe. Thank
1: you very much. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you as well. I'm really <laughs> excited to have you on the show. You've done a lot of really amazing things, and you're doing a lot of amazing things. But maybe before we get into all that stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
2: Sure. Sure. I grew up in Adelaide, South Australia
1: okay um, very cool so for
2: those that might not not be as familiar with um, Australia or Adelaide, uh, Adelaide is Austin's sister city, so it's around the same number of people population around one point five mark but we um, have a, a, um, a an emerging sort of tech scene, but they've also historically made a a global footprint in the music scene, so that's where I'm from
1: Very cool um. So, walk me through. You went to university. What did you take and why?
2: I started out doing a, a generic degree. So, okay. I started doing business communication. Okay. And because um, I wasn't like 100% locked into any specific career as such, but I majored at that point in corporate communications and um, marketing. Okay. And in Australia, Australia, correct? I, yes, in okay. Australia. Okay. Uh, I started the first year at University of um, SA, South Australia, and then I moved up to the Gold Coast um, to a a private university called Bond, which is a super super international university, and it's a it's a university that, that really attracts clusters of. Um, you know, Swedes or Indians or Japanese or Americans, South Americans, it's a very multinational um, private uni, but you do three semesters a year instead of two, oh, which very cool. prepares you for the corporate world. So, you do, you know, you're at uni five to six days a week, oh, you wow. don't have the same breaks and it's really, really, very intense. Um, but anyway, so after the business communications degree, I was like, that's great as a foundation, yep. but I'm, I'm a creative at heart. So I, I pursued a film and television degree and I finished that there at Bond. So I had that double degree. And then later I, um, I almost finished a master's in writing, um, but I moved to America instead. So I didn't end up finishing the last like two or three subjects of the master's.
1: Interesting. I just ran out of time. Fair enough. So walk me through (laughs) your career and and kind of moving to America up until what you're doing now.
2: Absolutely. So um, I'm one of those jack of all trades. I'm I'm as equally as much of a creative creator as I am one that's passionate about business and really enjoys that side of life. And can be really high functioning in terms of like organisation and all those kinds of things that the typical in inverted commas artist or creative might not necessarily be at all. Right. So, in full transparency, I really struggled to find the balance between my corporate and uh, you know my 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 hunger and lust to carve out a successful business career and being very attracted to that trajectory versus where where do i find a place for my creative persona what does that look like who am i am i the writer director producer am i the singer dancer actor cuz i literally could do and did do all of it um, and also obviously a lot of writing hence the master in writing sure. um, so i just i dabbled i dabbled in so much like i did so much acting training i I did so much photography and film uh, behind the scenes. I obviously wrote music and all those kinds of things, as well as always sort of harnessed the full-time business career. I know for a fact that so many of us like struggle with trying to find that balance. Sure. I, and I don't want to see it as necessarily selling out, because there were times where I was way more passionate about business, and then I aggressively pursued the acting career because it was just – it was, it was working for me. There was one crazy year where I did three lead roles in three feature films in wow. Australia,
0: which cool. is like
2: un, unheard of because at that point, this is like 10 years ago, we didn't really even have as much of an industry then. It's definitely grown and, and um, evolved since but to have that opportunity was wonderful. And that's when I first came to America was as an actress and I signed as an an agent and manager. Um, and I still, still had always sustained a business career. So I just took time off. So if I needed to take two weeks off to do a film or a month or 10 days or whatever, I would do that, but I'd always return to my job. And I was lucky that I had very lucky. I had, um, flexible and understanding, um, you know, employers. Interesting. Um, but my, my heart was always set on America. Okay. So even when I was five years of age, I was talking about moving to the big Apple or LA. And I remember saying to my parents back then, um, uh, mom, dad, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be famous. I'm never going to, I'm never, I'm going to live in America and I'm never going to die. <laughs> All right. Interesting. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what, what five um what on earth is going through my head then at five years of age, but I think this whole thing of like I need I need to get home, like I need to go home. Fair. And that being America oh. has always been there. So it's kind of just um had the corporate career in management consulting, PR, strategic comms, social digital, all that kind of stuff back in Australia, as well as managing the creative outlet stuff. Um, Had my own PR company for a few years before I moved to America. Came here, did a year in talent agency land at Jeff Berg and Jeff Franklin's um, agency called Resolution, which was in competition, obviously, with the CAAs and ICMs and WMEs and stuff. Um, Their Chinese investment money fell out. But that was, I treated that year um, because obviously I significantly took a step back in terms of experience and pay. Um, But I did it. I treated it as my internship into the entertainment industry in America. And, I, and it was kind of a lot like entourage. Sure. But a yeah. hundred times worse and not funny. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work and yeah, fair. crazy. <laughs> and I kind of realised, okay, well look, this is this is a this is a very, very, you know, like we feel that the glamour and the the, the beauty of, of the entertainment industry, you know, as people that want to have some kind of role in it. You either want to create or you just want to be at the parties or whatever it is that turns you on about sure. that industry. Yeah. When you actually go into the bowels of it, it's obviously a very, 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 very different reality. So then, then I was like, well, there's, there's things I like about this structure, this infrastructure, like the agency you know, land, because it's very, very different to say working at a management company versus at a film studio versus whatever. Um, but let me get back to all my digital stuff and all the the emergence of all the the new wave, um, you know, influencer industry and and what does that mean? What what does the power of influence mean and where is that going and what role do the human beings play and how does social digital come into that and experiences and events and high-touch, you know, uh, activations versus a pay-for-play model and all that kind of stuff, like, and then obviously the proliferation of content and, and where is that going? So, um, I kind of then went off into that sort of realm, um, you know, did a couple of great things like launch a, a brand new company for Rock Nation, Jay-Z's company cool. called Volume 4, um, which at the time was supposed to be Jay-Z's brand new um, content studio, but it kind of ended up being more in the high-level brand activation okay. partnership space. Um, and the other, the other job role that I'm, I'm probably most proud of was being an inaugural team member of um, launching the French... Startup, which is a Xavier Neil, one of the most successful billionaires in, in Man, France or Europe. Very it was cool. one of his startups. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, called uh, Black Pills, and um, I was lucky enough to, to land the, the global role, um, the global VP role of, of brand and marketing strategy for the whole in a company so i was obviously based here in la but doing sure. doing a lot of work and had staff back in paris as well that's um cool. but, but that that that's been one of in, in addition to like the go 90s of the world yeah. um where you've seen this proliferate proliferation of short form content that lives really in app only
0: sure. so it's
2: a stackable bite sized content for millennials It's meant to be super edgy and all that kind of stuff and it was it was very exciting obviously seeing a lot of the more traditional companies, whether it's like a Pulse Films or Anonymous Content, um, really wanting to make moves in this space.
0: Sure.
2: Um, but I think after working too many crazy, crazy hours for <laughs> other people's businesses, sure. I was like, well, I think it's time I did my own thing. Because I've earned my stripes. I've done my five or so years here in America. I've built a foundation of relationships and contacts and experience. And sure. now is time, hence the, the birthing, yeah. Um, of outlier, which is uh, talent management and entertainment and entertainment company, which really ideally now combines basically everything I've done in the past.
1: yeah, that's that's very cool. No, I, it's interesting and I don't really want to necessarily step too far back into the conversation but I totally get what you mean by about wanting to live in America, right? As a Canadian, yeah. I I remember getting off the plane in 2002 and I had been to LA 10, 15, 20 times by that point. And mm-hmm. I remember just like walking out of LAX and it just hit me like you need to be here. And I don't know what it was, right. and so I've been joking yeah. that I've been <laughs> living or I've been moving to LA since 2002, and that's a long story, and I don't need to get. <laughs> we don't need to get into that now, but I totally get what you mean, and and I'm curious to get your thoughts on one thing. Is where I'm going with this point is, I think the people that in LA or New York or some of the bigger U.S. cities don't realize that sure the chances of you making it to the top of whatever you're trying to chase are maybe pretty small but at least the chance is there or you can carve out something and you can do what you want where in other parts of the country or the world that just doesn't exist yeah correct
2: yeah interesting I i am so passionate about la in that way um you know for me it feels it's always felt like home. So, mm-hmm. just similar to probably your feelings, I yep. definitely had that connection with New York as well. Okay, interesting. But the thing with New York is I can't cope with the freezing cold weather. <laughs> um, Fair and enough. I know that I wouldn't be able to do that 24 7. I'm a pansy when it comes to, I need the warmth. You know, I like, I like having that burning feeling go through the, through my body and I need that sun. Sure. um and so Cali, you know la was was obviously going to be the, the spot for me um people I find are very critical of la yeah um but you, you've got to remember um this is what I say is that yes it's okay so everything in life has a dichotomous nature that principle sure. you know we've got You know, the sun and the moon, night and day, dark and light, good and bad, da-da-da-da, whatever. We all have good and bad days. People have good and bad energy. On it goes. So when you apply that sort of principle and thinking to a city or just overall the way a a sort of country might operate or a town or a city or a human, you know, L.A. has this, you know, crazy dichotomous nature, which is the intensity of your capability to um, earn, uncover, discover, create um, you know, your absolute unequivocal dream or dream sure. set of dreams. There is also the darkness to the city. Even though the the palm trees are out, the sun is shining, you know, not a cloud in sight most days.
0: Yeah.
2: Fair. <laughs> um which which always makes it inspiring to get out of bed and like go hiking and, and do things thing um <clears throat> and attack the day. There's there's a there's a pressure um, and, and a sort of a darkness here because of, and I don't know if it's in, intrinsically connected to the fact that so many people here are fighting for their dreams. Yeah. So with when when people are not earning their success or seeing the results or their their dreams coming fruition. You know, there is just this, this sort of, um, there's this other simmering em- energy here, um, which people don't see necessarily, that also makes it really, really difficult and a challenge and, uh, you know, a, 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 a real struggle for a lot of people. I would say probably for a lot of those people trying to carve out a, mus- a music career or modeling or acting or something. Um but the other part to it is that because so many people are so hungry
0: yeah. and so
2: I, you know, ultimately creative, yep. there is this really open minded, aggressive, but also collaborative, understanding, also nurturing energy to LA and where say in other parts of the world like Australia, like where I get I go home and get comments about LA like, Oh, but you know, isn't it just so fake or isn't like everyone, you know, whatever, isn't it just all like celebrities and like what's in it for me? I'm like, sure, of course. Like, of course, there's that element to LA. But there's also so many people that value, like, health and spiritual evolution and personal growth because you have to be so, so, so strong and so present to yourself and have such a great relationship with yourself if you're going to survive the demands of the entertainment industry or just the general ecosystem of LA.
1: Yeah. Well, and I also think it pushes you to make yourself better, whatever that means, right? In whatever way you're going, like you see other people just like hustling and, and struggling and trying to get forward and help you out and you help them out. And that was one thing that I didn't realize until I spent a bunch of time down there a number of years ago. And it was... You're just like, you know, maybe none of us will make it, but it doesn't really matter. It's almost like at least you can look back and say, I went for it and and here's what happened instead of just always wondering, you know. It's interesting. No, And
2: it's it's funny because my father just even two nights ago, you know, I think I'm sure like for, for, for most foreigners that are here, the parents... If, if you're close to them, they want you to come back, right?
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so my father's always like, well, you know, your visa's going to be up again in three years and, you know, Georgie, if you you haven't made it by then or this hasn't happened or that hasn't happened, you're just going to have to come home. <laughs> you know, like the, sure. the, the threats of it all. It's kind of like, I'm not, just further to your point, it's not even about, it's not even about um, this, this concept of making it because you could say just me being able to get here in the first place has been, um, an Adelaide, South Australian girl's version of success. Totally. You know you, I mean? Yeah, Versus... you've probably
1: made it many times by, by that, right? <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, interesting. And it's all relative to somebody's sort
2: of degrees and levels of thinking. Um, but even just being able to get the 01 visa, the alien of extraordinary ability, is one goddamn struggle. And I, I feel that's been success, like uh, another iteration of success. Sure, just being fair able enough. To get the visa in the first place, to be able to stay here let alone anything else. So, um, you know, you have to remember to be good to yourself if sure. you're going to be here. Um, awesome. I, I see a lot of my friends have very high expectations of uh, of themselves and the fact they should have their own TV show by now, they should be doing all these different things, but it's kind of like you just got you just got to enjoy the day-to-day experience of being here.
1: 100% well. I agree. So... Walk me through what you're doing now, because you guys, like you mentioned, you're doing a ton of stuff, and it's, it's really interesting, and you're creating a bunch of content, but walk us through what you're doing now.
2: Yes, absolutely. So, um, I've always been like, super passionate about this cross-section of the creative artist-executive uh, in the sort of entertainment, tech innovation, disruptive media space. Sure. So I started a podcast um, called the People Series, like just as a casual, you know, conversational outlet for myself. Very cool. Like a few few years back or whatever. But I, obviously, when I started Outlier, I <clears throat> rebranded it as Outlier TV. So I have this, you know, content platform or radio show um, in partnership with Dash.
0: Very cool. Radio
2: on Dash Talk X um outlier tv which does that does exactly that profiles artists creatives executives across entertainment tech innovation disruptive media and that's become um very much the premise of outlier my talent management and and entertainment company Um, i've obviously been really really uh all, all you know always very very passionate about the human whether that's been studying studying the character in in an acting craft Sure. Or when I started my, my first job was a senior level consultant in a management consulting capacity where I was selling, pitching, positioning, networking with you know high level executives in industry. So now the iteration of outlier is really combining um, the the new talent economy, which is that um, you know the, covering you know music, film and television, but also innovation and and tech and that whole startup culture and uh, anything just in the content media space. Is, is a passion. So I've got a handful of talent. Um, I've got one guy that's sort of an innovation influencer who I believe you know, Chris Jensen.
0: Yeah, yeah, very um, good guy. Very passionate
2: about Chris. A wonderful, wonderful person. Very passionate about Chris. I really, really believe in him. I do believe he's a creative genius. You know, he's a best-selling author. He's obviously got a very, very successful podcast called Innovation Craft. Yeah, totally. I'm subscriber I've actually well. had him on the show, and um, I'm going
1: to have him again uh, yeah. in the coming months or coming weeks, I should say. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he's a great fun talker. Yeah, but you know, he's obviously. I mean, you know all about him. But it's it's you know him being an award winning innovation marketer and a bunch of other things and and a, a, a natural comedian and all that. I mean, he's a he's a great human. So he's we've been working on a bunch of different projects. He's um he's very talented at generating lots of very interesting collaborations and opportunities for himself. So that's that's sort of my main innovation business entrepreneur. Cool. Uh, human that I represent, but the rest are really all in music. Okay. Um, you know, I've got producers and like a hip hop duo, a young singer rapper, um, an alternative artist that's, you know, a singer songwriter, multi-instrumentalist and visual artist, um, who's been writing with, um, he was at Dr. Dre's house the other night, writing until five in the morning, but he's been very collaborating cool. with different artists like King Mez,
0: wow.
2: who's actually signed to Dr. Dre, and, and lots of other great people, and his his own sound and, and music is incredible. Got a very talented um producer in sort of the hip-hop trap, um, Afro Beats arena. And, uh, and then my, my, my re- most recent signing has been Chauncey Jackson. Oh, very um, cool. He's a Gra- Grammy-nominated winning songwriter himself, but he's also the founder and CEO of Sarai Music Group. And Chauncey um, has kind of neglected his songwriting career, his own personal one, because he's been writing for the talent of his own company. But ah. Sarai Music Group's just moved out of Capitol and under Sony, and um, so <clears throat> we've just been um, aggressively hitting the pavement this week with, with a bunch of different companies um, to help him, you know, scale his personal songwriting career now. But so that's that's a little portfolio of talent. I want to kind of keep it keep it small. Sure. Um, yeah, but we're also getting into you know with Chris and Chauncey, we've got scripted and unscripted TV projects, and as, as well as a, a lot happening in the brand and innovation arena. There's also, and, and music, there's also, you know, a bunch happening in the, in the film TV space um, as well, which is exciting.
1: No, that's that's really great. So how do you come up with fresh and current content? Because that in itself is really, really challenging.
2: Do you mean for my, for, for my personal show or with my, my talent?
1: Well, I, I guess a bit of both, right? Because it's probably in some cases easier to do it for other people than yourself. Have you found that?
2: Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm like the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm like the worst with my own content. I'm like terrible. I've got people going, I've got all these ideas for your show. I'm like, great. Be the producer. <laughs> Run with it because I, I don't have time. I'm better at coming up with ideas. And having a vision for others, of course, and I am for myself. I, I think a lot of people are like that. Sure. Um, look, I think this is an overused term, but like having worked a lot in the influencer space and looking at where these relationships lie between brands and, and human beings, um and all that kind of stuff, and this concept of you know authenticity, and um, you know influencers having an authentic voice in their you know their social landscape, and with their fan base, and in their in their you know um, community and ecosystem. I think the same same principle is always going to apply to content. Um, you know, it has to be the authentic voice and extension of that human beings in you know universe. Um, no one can do uh innovation and um in the same way that chris chris Denson come, that does sure. and can yep, for example yep. because of his his trajectory in brown and like making sure that you 're extracting the strength staying true to the the very essence of, of his voice and uh all that kind of stuff and I would say the same applies to chauncey when we 've started he 's written a scripted television show that 's kind of like a a star meets entourage meets seven seconds because it's got depth and humanity in, in the, in the TV show. But on the unscripted side, for example, we've now had interest in, in, in certain groups wanting to do a reality TV show around Chauncey's whole career because he came up through the Clive Davis. Uh, sure. He's still young. He's younger than me, but like, you know, he's he's been in the industry for a really long time and written, you know, for, for babyface and Tony Bruxton and Jessica Simpson and Kelly Rowland and, and known a lot of these big names in business um uh for a long time and has had from from his very early stages of his life um and then evolving his career into Sarai Music Group as a CEO entrepreneur um, working with Stacy Bart and like lots of other very talented songwriters, singer-songwriters and producers, and all the the, the stories, but not 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 the drama. Like we're not talking about love and hip hop stuff. Right. And um, you know, n- not that intensity, but just more of the 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 genuine behind the scenes. You know, how has the music industry evolved, and like the struggles and battles, whether it's you know things that have Chauncey's had to face versus a Stacy versus his other talent like the chemistry, the producer duo or whoever, Misa, the singer-songwriter. So <clears throat> again, it's looking at the humanity and the authentic experiences of, of these people's, you know, is, the, what they've endured um, and, and really staying connected to that, the genuine storytelling stuff versus how do we make something really successful and pop and make lots of money from it and like, who cares if anyone sells out? No, that's not that's not what we want to do. Um, but, but we're hoping that that obviously still has success. And I sure. don't know if I've answered your your, your question. No, I think so. Um, I, well, well no. Right? No, I
1: think it's good. I, I, I'm always kind of fascinated. But how do you find these people to actually work with? Because I think in a lot of cases, just landing one of the clients and people you work with would be somebody's dream. And you've seemed to land many of them over your career. So What advice do you give people looking to maybe get in in, in the space a bit? I I know you're in a bunch of spaces, but I I think in a lot of cases, you've kind of created a a dream for a lot of people.
2: Oh, that's cool. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. Um, I haven't proactively gone after anybody, so it's kind of all been very, very, very organic. Um, Chris has been a friend for example, of, you know, four to five years, we've always shared, um, you know, I've always looked at, funnily enough, looked at him for career advice, like, hey, I'm thinking of taking this job role at Rock Nation to launch this startup. What do you think? Interesting. Um, or, you know, I'm working at Black Pills now. This is what we're up to. You know, this is when he was at the so like, ignition factory, for right. example. What, what, how can we collaborate? Um, but outside of that, we've kind of always been mates and had a really good rapport. And I've always known of his goals, uh, goals, dreams, and visions, and always believed in him first and foremost. So that's that's an example of of, of where I've had. Um, an existing friendship and relationships. I've been really, really lucky. And you hear those stories like, oh, you know, Jay-Z's got all of his childhood mates, all the the crew that he had in the early stages of his teenage teenage years or 20s, and they're still all working in the business like Tata, Jay Brown, you know, Desiree, Perez, all that, you know, and so like people keep, you know, sometimes you're just lucky to have you know, you know the crew early on, right?
0: Yeah. Chauncey,
2: for example, I met, we both had, we, we were moderating panels
0: oh, interesting. Um, as
2: part of Digital Media Week um, and I'll, I'll get to answering your question no, no, better, but I'm just giving examples of how Oh, yeah. how no, I think it's good, I think this coming. is answering it too
1: so keep going <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, And uh, it was kind of like, we just sort of almost stumbled into one another, hi, hi did our little introductions, he's like, oh yeah I'm about to moderate a panel, I was like, oh cool well, I'm moderating after you So um, I listened to his, he listened to mine. Both panels are relevant to our own careers.
0: Interesting. And then it was
2: kind of like, so let's grab drinks afterwards. I took him to the new Dumbo Soho house. Okay. Um, It was a stunning day in New York. We sat there for two hours with his best friend, Ryan, who who was also, um, you know, running an agency. And we literally, it just felt like the three of us had known one another for 10 years. That's amazing. And we had no context or history. Um, but this intrinsic connection. And then it became a no-brainer. And then but specifically with Chauncey, we've had all these really crazy, weird, synchronistic moments. And I won't bore you with the details, but like just really bizarre stuff. Uh, Even happened again yesterday. Well, um, okay,
1: give us at least one know. example, because I know I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, oh my God. So there's a big... There's a big event um, that, you know, there's a guy called uh, John Platt or people would know him as Big John in industry here. He's been okay. in the publishing game with Warner Chapel for a long time. He's obviously moved over to Sony recently. Um, they have a big, um, you know, like black tie event and it's like, you know, 1500 or plus a ticket. Oh, wow. Anyway, my friends at Black Box, Livia Tortella used to run Warner Music and, and Brian at Black Box we um, were part of facilitating this whole dinner. I'm sitting with Chauncey at Soho House catching up, and he's like, "I have, I, I want to get a ticket. I want to go to that dinner." And I was like, "Babe, I can get you. A, I can probably get you a ticket. I know the organizers." That very second, yeah. Brian from Black Box happens to ring. Wow. And he's like, "Oh no, no, no! Sorry, it was the other way around." Chauncey was like, "I have these tickets. I want to get rid of them."
0: Oh. Okay. And I was
2: like, "Let me just see if if we can get rid of them through Brian." Brian happened to have rung. That randomly, that very second, I was like, oh, my God, this is who I want to be calling. Wow. So then, then I'm like, yeah, we want the two tickets. Um, and Chauncey and I hadn't signed the management agreement yet, but I'm just, this is this, the random synchronistic moments. Um, so then we start going down this path of getting rid of these two tickets from a timely standpoint. It was like two days before the event, we, we managed to do it. Wow. Um, just, just so last minute and so randomly, and then we, we were just talking about a bunch of other stuff. And he was like, "My best friend is um, one of my best friends is Common, you know, okay. the rapper yep. Common, sure. who's obviously done a lot of acting." An hour later, I'm sitting, and so we're talking about that. But an hour later, I'm sitting with my, my friend from Bloomberg, random, you know, okay. And I was talk, talking about, oh yeah, I'm about to with my, my friend at Bloomberg. Uh-huh. I'm about to sign Chauncey, um, and his best friend is Common. That very split second. One of Commons, you know, most popular tracks plays overhead, wow. like literally cue Common. Really cool. like just random shit like that. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> and cool. We were in a TV meeting, TV meeting yesterday, and um, Tootsie because he's been in the industry for so uses first first name people only, so he'll say Clive, okay. as opposed to Clive Davis or Tony as opposed to Tony Braxton. Got gotcha. you. And he's like, yeah, so Tony, Tony, blah blah blah. I was like, baby, you have got to get in the habit of, of referencing people's last names, just so people will understand who you're talking about. <laughs>
1: um,
2: and so around the boardroom table, he's like, yeah, Tony Braxton. And then the guys at this TV company were just like, well, look, yeah, look behind you. We did t- Tony Braxton's um, whatever show that was, and we looked behind, and there's this huge poster on the wall of Tony Braxton
0: wow. right behind
2: us, and we didn't even see it. There's just random things like that. It just goes on and on and on. Like, just I can't tell you, like, there's so many. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, there, you know, obviously, I think for me it's an energy thing. So I'm super, like, I feel very connected to the universe, tapped in, whether you want to call it to the source. Sure. That, you know, universal energy, God, whatever. Yep. And I trust my gut. Some big, yeah, okay. big gut trusting human. And just because I actually know somebody, um, you know, like whether they've got a huge social following and are really talented in music it doesn't necessarily mean that I would want to work with him in that capacity. Sure. There has to be a value exchange. There has to be yeah, a value add. And for the trajectory of Outlier, for example, I want to make sure that everybody is in some way, shape, or form really complementary to one another. Ah. So I'm creating something with truancy that might end up being an opportunity for Chris Denson or vice versa sure. or, or whoever else. Um, so making sure that the talent's complementary. I don't want to take on... Um, bite off more than I can chew. I want to be incredibly hands-on and incredibly proactive. So I think you've got to work out what role you want to play in these people's lives. Do you want to do you want to create? Do you want to be a proactive manager, whereby you're really collaborating with these people, hands-on in a day-to-day capacity um, to create and bring projects to life? Versus, do you want to just occasionally answer the phone if and when there's a, a contract that needs to be negotiated on on somebody's behalf? Versus whatever else. So I think it's really important to understand your your as a manager, your greatest skill set how you what type of relationships you want to have um you might speak to one talent every single day, another you might speak to them once every ten days right um, you know like where do you want them to be like do you want to have developing acts or do you just not have the time energy propensity for that? do you want to make sure that you have two people that are already super established versus are you willing to really invest the time effort and energy over a year or two with probably very little? Possibly to no financial return, with the hope that um, that, this, that obviously something happens. So I think you know my advice would be to, to to trust trust your gut, work out who you are, what role you want to play, ensure that you have a very intrinsically connected relationship with your talent, work out what the value exchange is between the two of you, um, and uh, really find a niche so that the clearer you become, as opposed to just taking people on for the sake of it the greater results you can earn and generate, the more fun it's going to be um, for, for the both of you and that you can go on that journey together and, and feel really, really rewarded and fulfilled from that.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. But I think, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but at the core of it, you just be who you are and put yourself out there, go to events, network, meet people. Fair to say? No um,
2: No doubt no doubt i think you have to play you have to have a role in culture okay i don't give a shit like how old you are like if you're a 65 year old manager that has been in the business for a long time versus you know someone starting out at 22 like you you have to understand what what the the cool kids are doing you don't necessarily have to be immersed in it okay you've got to understand part of the traditional aspects or sides of the industry so you know how i Mention mentioned I worked in, in the talent uh, agency side. It's a very yeah. different business from management. Um, understanding what all sides, like the traditional, the older school, the more corporate side of the business versus what what's happening in culture, what's the new wave thing, what are the kids talking about, and uh, how is that relevant to brands, how is that relevant to your clients. Um, definitely, uh, and, and don't kill yourself. You don't need to be out there 24-7. Right. knowing every Tom, Dick and Harry, but always seek out those that are more successful than yourself. Yeah. I've always been way more curious with not necessarily what are all my peers doing. I don't give a shit really what you're doing. I want to know who I can connect with in the room. that's way more successful than me, way more interesting, uh, tried improved, uh, over and above whatever I've, done and achieved and i prefer to have friends in industry that might be older might be more successful that i can really learn from and i always try and see everybody um as a mentor i mean i do have friends that are are, are young as well like 23 year old djs or kids that are like party promoters or plugs that are like early 30s or late 20s um and now i'm starting to sort of maybe show my age <laughs> no no it's all but, good <laughs> um, but like um being connected with these, with these people that are showing up in, in, in culture and, and that they're the ones, use them to do all the work for you. So I've got friends that are like, go to two, three, four parties a night. Interesting. That's their job. That's their industry. But leveraging what's happening and being able to tap into that resource. to So seek out the right resources. Make, make sure that you've got different friends, different connects, different mentors um, on different sides of the fence in different areas of, of, of the business. Um, that you can sort of tap into uh, so that you don't have to be, you know, um, everything to every man and his dog. That's, that's not, not what it's about. Like try and be a little bit more strategic in the relationships that you, you bother to nurture and just don't waste time on, on time wasters. Like just don't waste time on those that where there's not going to be mutual uh, respect or value exchange or, or get an interest in, in the development of your career. You know, you want to make sure that, that people see your potential and are willing to give you time based off of that because they know that one day you will find success and and they're happy to be a part of your journey at the early stage of your career.
1: Sure. I I think a lot of, to your point, a lot of people that are maybe older than you that have been successful, if they can see that you're passionate and you're genuine and you're honestly trying to maybe not suck a ton of their time but maybe actually ask for true guidance on something – I think a majority of people are willing to help you out or at least take a coffee or, or maybe connect you with somebody in the right, yeah. you know.
2: And do that. Like, oh my God, I can't tell you how many, I would literally say thousands, like hundreds and thousands of, of like people I've hit up and sought out. Yeah. Over the years, to, to to say, look, I mean, Jason Weinberg is a perfect example. Okay. You know, I sought out, like, who are the top dogs of industry? Okay. Jason Weinberg is the, the owner and founder, CEO of Untitled Entertainment Group, home to some of the biggest celebrities in the world. They are unequivocally one of the, the very best and the biggest talent management and, and entertainment companies in the world. Sure. Um, and I managed to find Tracky's, you know, get his email hit him up, he actually responded so yeah. quick, and I was, I, was, I was like, I've got nothing to lose, and uh, I was like, what have I got to lose? And I, I sent a really cheeky email, something in the lines of um, some comment about Naomi Watts. And okay. over the years, I, I've been pl- like, often referred to us looking very similar, right? Especially okay. when I was acting. Sure. I was kind of like the younger, you know, indie film version of her when I was, when I was doing the film roles and all that. Um on a much smaller scale. However, you know, so I've always had this this thing for Jason and his company and, like, the fact that he he founded, like, he was the one really responsible for nurturing Naomi's career. And um, we're still in contact today. But, like,
0: he's always
2: been, he's connected me to different managers within his business and um, always been there. And I ended up putting um, my friend Mojan Aria, who won the Heath Ledger, uh, scholarship. He's oh, a, an Australian, cool. uh, uh, you know, actor that's um, um, you know, and his, uh, I don't his parents were anyway. Um, and he won, he won, and I said I wrote back to Jason. I said Jason, remember I put Mojan on your radar four years ago as an actor. Okay. he's won the Heath legist scholarship. Now all of a sudden, all the agents and managers that I put Mojan on the radar of many years ago now wanted to sign him because he'd won won this award. He's for so Jason ends up signing him. I, I really wanted to push that relationship through for Jason and now Mojan's killing it. He's been working in, in big film and T V roles non stop, back to back ever that's since amazing. he signed that relationship and it's just it's it's nice for me that I've been able to actually add value, do something for Jason
0: yeah, without needing
2: so. or wanting anything in return.
0: Sure. You
2: know what I mean? But that's a relationship I'll hopefully nurture for life. Yeah. And and he's a top dog. He's a top dog. So it's kind of like you want to find these people that um again, will always be there for you, but like the way you can add value to it as well,
1: you know, yeah, no, I hundred percent agree, and I think not everything you do every second of every day needs to be for money. Like you just mentioned, you made a good connection because you believed in somebody and who knows where it'll go, right? But you didn't necessarily do it to say like, oh, I need to make X amount of dollars off this, right? You might make money. You guys might do something at some point. You just made a genuine connection and it worked out. The other thing I was going to mention is you would be surprised if for people listening, if you reach out to certain people, how much you will actually get a response. Like I remember I reached out to... Uh, This was a number of years ago, almost a decade ago now at this point. But he was the design director at Google at the time or or something like that. And Mm -hmm. he literally – I sent him my portfolio and I said, here, can you have a look at this and give me some feedback because I'd love to work for you one day. And I thought, I'll Mm -hmm. never hear back, right? Like just crazy. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. literally wrote me back four or five paragraphs of stuff. On this project, I'd want to see this. On this project, I'd want to see this, this, and this. And and he probably spent at least 30 minutes on the email to me. And I was just blown away because obviously these people are busy, right? right? Like, who am I? But so it, it right. sounds like I have a sim- – and I have a number of those stories where I've reached out to somebody yes. and they write back. And, and, and it's not like a two-second thanks email. It's they actually write you back a response and you're like, wow, this person took the time. And so you never know what's going to happen.
2: A hundred percent. You never know, you never know what is um, around the corner and uh, around the corner or um, you know, what, what opportunity is going to find you or what, what like is either going to fall on your lap or that you're going to fall in it, in its lap. And you just have to keep that openness and that trust. And I was just even speaking about this concept with my artist recently, like you just never know how close, you are, or far away you are from success. Yeah. Um, you know, you could be just, you know, like, sound musicians' capacity struggling, 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 writing, 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 for so, so, so many years. It could just take one, one song, one collaboration, one meeting um, that leads to you creating a song with that person and it being a hit, which yeah. leads then to you having this, whatever, being able to open every friggin' door that you want in industry, um, so you, then all of a sudden, the, the, the 10 or however many years you've been slogging it out overnight literally can pay off and yep. that's why you know you hear all these famous people say, you know, oh, you know, they're an overnight sensation. Absolutely not. The majority of the time, these people have been working at it for a very, very, very long time. Totally. And have gone through, yeah.
1: I- interesting. So is where do you want to kind of take your company or career or do you just want to see what happens and chase your kind of passions and follow your gut?
2: I mean, I want to I want to I want to achieve, you know, as as much success as possible. I want to successfully eat, Is that tied to money?
1: The, <laughs> just out of curiosity? Like do you have a money goal or course, success to some, you money?
2: Um, like I've never been that driven or f- I've always been focused on like finding the um, my dream career, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, if I was all all about money, I
0: would have sure. taken
2: a very different path, right? Um, and and probably chased different opportunities. It's not about that for me. However, okay. having said that, obviously, I would like to ach- achieve maximum success for my clients sure. and myself, um, and that has to equate to, to money um, sure. too. But yep. but you know, like the creative satisfaction and satiation is like critical for me as well um, so yeah I mean I really want to EP some you know really successful TV projects and, and see, see you know obviously music's my, one of my greatest if not my greatest loves
0: sure. I want to
2: obviously see my, my talent like you know reach there and find their fullest potential um, and be rewarded <clears throat> and again if that's the case then of course it's going to end up equating to money so it it. it intrinsically is related to that for sure. Um, I, I don't want to have a big company. I don't, okay. I'm don't. i not trying to like grow into becoming the next Untitled or Management 360 at all. I'm, I'm so happy to say super slim. You know, I, I've always had this dream of like, I'd love to have an associate producer okay. and an EA and engage a publicist PR, which I've got already. Got you. Um, and just have a very small boutique team because at the end of the day you know one thing i have learned is like there's this illusion of you know you sign up to a big agency and i've had actor friends okay. who've had very successful careers say in australia that have gone oh my god i've signed to the very best management and the very best agency in the, in the world in the country okay. and literally not get one audition in 3 wow. years
0: wow so Crazy. so
2: it has nothing to do with yeah it has nothing to do with you know, are you signed to the biggest and the best? You've got to say it's, it's about the relationship. And sure, you've got to have the contact and the yeah. experience and, and know how to do the business development side of things and, and identify the right opportunities and follow have impeccable follow-up, follow-through, right. and like project management across the board. Sure. But having that hands-on access to your talent and that hands-on relationship, that day-to-day stuff – for me is critical. I'd never want my talent to be just another cog in any machine or get lost in the portfolio of me having like 50 other people that I'm, I'm managing. I, I really want to find, um, you know, really great, like success, um, and cre- create success with my clients as opposed to waiting, sitting back, waiting for them to do all the work and me just benefiting off it one day.
1: No, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting. Um, to hear, I find like a lot of people, especially that are successful, obviously they want to make money to live, but it's not the driving factor, right? It's the passion about the craft or whatever they're doing. And then usually the money comes afterwards or, or shortly afterwards. Have you found that? Yes, exactly. Yes,
2: yes. 100%. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I've heard, you know, I've, I've been, I think I think that was the thing I was like, between us, like, I don't want to say appalled, but... Um, I was so like, oh my god, I've I've seen a lot of agents just completely um, ignore sure. their clients' calls day after day, week after week, like completely just block them and not make time. I'm like, this is so counterintuitive to me.
1: Yeah, like, interesting.
2: You know, and, but again, like the agency land is very different from management. Management sure. is based on the relationships, right? Yeah. So hence, hence why I'm choosing this path as opposed to wanting to work in an agency environment. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, I think that it's important to, to I don't know, I don't know. You want to be able to deliver. I, I'm, I've just I, I I've seen a bunch of other managers that I've known in in the industry sit on panels, and I was also quite appalled to hear they're like, yeah. I mean, there's basically nothing we can do until our talent like makes it.
1: Oh wow. You know, the talent
2: has to has to has to make it. Has to that they have to the work look I I to some extent I understand where're coming from because it takes so much time so much energy so much proactive outreach and development and work to, to create the opportunities right we with, sure. with, with no guaranteed outcome okay so that's that's on you that's that's a risk you take but at the same time like what where's the joy in just yeah. sitting back waiting for someone else to you know, like how is that creative? How is that proactive? How is that collaborative? How is that a real relationship um, with your talent? Um, how is that interesting? I mean, for me, for me, it's not. But this is obviously each to their own. And maybe, maybe that's my uh, degree of naivety. Maybe I will turn around in a year's time <laughs> and go, you know what? Don't even bother investing. <laughs> 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 Anyone not having already banking, you know, half a million a year, like just, just you know, find that successful client and just, you know, I don't know. So. Yeah, but I, I, I'm I quite surprised to hear if so many managers just, yeah, they just sit back and go, yeah, just have to wait until they crack success. Then I'll invest. Then I'll show interest in
1: my client. Interesting. But uh, we're, we're coming to the end of the show. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about all the stuff that you're involved in.
2: That sounds great. Absolutely. So you can find, so the business is Outlier. So Outlier Co. The C O oco um, The content platform and radio show is Outlier TV Co. Uh, my personal Instagram and Twitter handle is uh, my full name, uh, Georgie Speakman, spelled G E O R G I I Speakman S P E A K M A N. Um, And then the Outlier handles is actually Outlier Co. TV um, as opposed to Outlier TV Co. So Outlier Co. TV is the um, Instagram and Twitter handle for for the the content side of the business. Um, That's about it.
1: Perfect, Georgie. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day.
2: Likewise, thank you very much for having me, and I, I look forward to um, you know meeting you when you when you get to LA and working further. Sounds Thanks good. Thank so much for
0: having
2: me, Sam. Thank you. Okay, well, lots of
1: love. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community. Sign up for our newsletter or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com. and keep building the future.